So we are officially out of the Christmas season, and during Advent, the priests would wear purple as a sign of the agony that Jesus went through to, to suffer, to come to take on our sins. And then during the Christmas season, the priest would wear white, and he wears white for a sign of celebration, a sign of purity, a sign of joy. So we celebrated the baptism of Jesus last week in Epiphany before that. And now the priest is wearing green. Uh, and no, not wearing green because of the Green Bay Packers playing today. But I think we all know if God was a football fan, he'd be a Packer fan. So we can go on that. But also because it's a sign of life. We're supposed to take what we took from the Christmas season, Epiphany, baptism. And now we're called to go bear fruit. And green is always a sign of going and bearing fruit and serving others. So one thing I want to quick do, because I like doing this, is um, when we see an opportunity to serve, it's just important to go ask, do you need help, right? So our servers didn't show up this morning, so we had two of our youth, Olivia and Mitch, come forward and just ask if we needed service today, which we did. So I just want to say thank you for being servants and taking the gospel call seriously. So that's why we were green. It's because now we're called to go bear fruit and serve. Now, in our gospel today, we hear the famous line from John the Baptist, where he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when we hear that at Mass, which we hear every single Mass, it's the same Lamb that was slain, that the priest holds up in the Eucharist, that was slain for all of our sins, for our salvation. And at Mass, the priest will say, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. And our response is, maybe we could do this together, is, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And often as a priest, I do encounter people who those words are very real. You know, in my time in seminary, in my time as a priest, you know, some people come forward and they say, you know, I just don't feel worthy. And as, as a priest, I encounter many reasons why people might not feel worthy of the Eucharist or worthy of God's love. But in this Mass, I just like to shed some light upon an area where people feel unworthy or they, have, they need to grieve, and that would be around the area of miscarriage or having a miscarriage. Because in our first reading, if you were looking at it closely, you would have seen a word there from Isaiah the prophet and he spoke about the sacred place in the place of a mother or a woman, which is the womb. And in verse four, or chapter 49, verse 5, he said, Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb. And earlier, wasn't in this week's reading, but earlier in 40, chapter 49, verse 1, he even says, Before birth, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. And uh, most people are unaware of this statistic as I was doing studies this week to prepare for this homily, was that one in four women experience the loss of a child due to miscarriage or stillbirth. One in four. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to do what St. Paul says to the Romans. We're called to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. And for those of you who have had a miscarriage or multiple miscarriages as a priest of Jesus Christ and as a representative of the Catholic Church, I just want to say I, I see you. And I love you. And I'm here for you. You know, every child that was miscarried was as real as every single person in this church. 
And some couples in our community have been carrying around the deep sorrow of losing their child due to miscarriage. And the message I just want to speak to you today is that you're not alone. You didn't do something wrong. And you're not a failure. Only the devil would speak such horrifying things to a broken heart. You know, having a miscarriage can actually form a hole in a person's heart. A hole so deep that sometimes it seems that nothing can fill that emptiness. And if we just look at the word miscarriage for a second, the word miscarriage seems to infer that there's something wrong with you. And that baby in your womb, for no matter for how long, that baby was in a sacred place for his or her life. And that child was living in a temple where they were most, mostly loved by you. And for a moment, I'd just like us to focus on the most sacred womb to ever exist, which is the womb of our mother Mary. Mary held God, Jesus, in her womb. And just think about that for a moment. Every woman here is blessed with a sacred place in her life by having a womb just like Mary. And as St. Paul says in his first letter to Corinthians, he says to the community of Corinth, every single body in this church is a temple of God, a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. That also means in a very special way for every single woman in this church, your bodies are temples with a sacred womb. And that baby, no matter how small, had its own beating heart, had its own flowing blood, and even its own unique DNA. And each person is so unique, even the fingerprint of each person can never be repeated again. Every life is incredibly unique and unrepeatable. You know, there's a famous book that came out about 10 years ago, and then a, book, a movie was made, about, made up about it called Heaven is for Real. And in this book, you'll find, if you read in chapter 17, the little boy who passes away, he goes to heaven. And in this book, he talks about finding out the reality he actually has two sisters when he thought he only had one. And when he died and he went to heaven, he met his one other sister in heaven. And when the Lord gave him the grace to come back to earth and to not remain in heaven, he spoke to his mom and said, Mommy, I met the baby who died in your tummy, but she told me that she didn't have a name. Some people don't want to bring up the pain and grief from miscarriage and bring that darkness, that hard time to the light. As I spoke last week, in my homily, I said, when we live in the darkness, we listen to lies, we listen to fears, but when we live in the light, we listen to the truth, we listen to hope, we listen to joy. And what our God does for us, he prompts us to bring everything to the light. And it's possible for some of us gathered here today, maybe it's been one year since a miscarriage, but there's possibility, there's probably some people in this, in this church, it's been 50, 60 or even 70 years since your miscarriage. And I just want to encourage you and invite you and your spouse just to take some time this week just to pray and ask the Lord for a name for your baby. 
and ask God in prayer, was it a boy or was it a girl? And then take some time to name your child. You know, as I sought advice on this through many different people, I, I even went on Facebook and Instagram, and numerous people, the number one thing I heard from people that have had the unfortunate reality of having a miscarriage and the heartbreak of a miscarriage, almost everybody said, please encourage those out there, the men and the women who have experienced this, to name their child. That has been one of the most healing things I have done, said person after person after person. And one other word of encouragement I would encourage all people to do is to ask your child, ask your your beautiful baby, ask him or her to pray for you. You know, at, at Mass, we call down the Holy Spirit every single Mass. When the priest says this, we We call down the Holy Spirit. We call down all the angels and all of the saints. And your child is more alive in heaven and even more present here at Holy Mass. And your baby is always looking down you with a big smile on his or her face. And they just can't wait to be with you forever in heaven. Last two things. You know, I don't want to leave leave you hanging here or wondering what did he say because sometimes when we have a heavy topic come up in in homilies our our minds get a little bit scattered so just always know that these homilies are recorded I do put them online you can find them on iTunes or Facebook or Instagram and they can also be found on our parish website because I want to let you know about a few resources I'm going to go through here to help you one of the one more one of the more powerful resources that I would recommend to help anybody here heal or grieve is a blog called hope, hopeandhealing.blog. That's a website. And it's written by a woman from Wisconsin who has, ha- has lost four children due to miscarriage. And she's found healing and found hope. Not perfect like the rest of us, but she's found hope and healing. And she just wants to offer some help. And I even contacted her for this homily and she gave me a lot of help as well. But also, you know, there's, there's two people that have to grieve in this process. And I don't want to forget about the men that are here as well, helping your spouse and your loved ones grieve. Sometimes, sometimes people ask, well, what am I supposed to do as a man? You know, because the tendency for men is we're fixers. We just want to fix problems and go on to the next thing. But you can't fix a broken heart. You just can't. So for the men here, I always encourage you just to be her rock. Maybe you're thinking, well, how would I be someone's rock? What do rocks do? Well, they're stable and they don't talk. So it's an invitation to know that there's really no words you can say. You can just put a gentle hand on her back and rub her back and have, a, have some tissues with you when she needs to cry. Just be, be a shoulder for her. But also, buy some chocolate. Get some ice cream. Have some peanut butter. And have a, bo- a bottle of water and just be there for her. And just be her rock. And there are resources located at all the entrances for everybody here today to gather because maybe you didn't know about this and maybe you're wondering, well, what do I say, what do I not say? So I printed off an article called Eight Things Not to Say If Someone's Had a Miscarriage because sometimes we just don't know. That's usually the way I approach things. I just approach things as people don't know. So I'm, you know, just to be a little more gentle with that and not so judgmental. But also in there are some scriptures to pray through and some, some resources on the internet to help anybody grieve and find closure. And it would just seem probably the best thing right now would just to, be give, to give everybody here a blessing, especially those of you who are mothers who may have lost a child due to miscarriage 
or maybe you lost a child due to abortion, or you're one of those spiritual mothers out there who has never been able to conceive. You and your spouse tried, and you tried, and you tried. But nonetheless, you have been able, by the grace of God, to be a mother to so many, to so many. So please bow your heads in prayer as I give you all a blessing. Eternal Father, source of all mercy and love, out of love for us you sent your only Son, and will that blood and water flow from his side to cleanse us of sin and to restore lost innocence. Please hear the cry of each woman and man who mourns the loss of their child due to miscarriage, and please heal their grieving hearts. Please hear the cry of each woman who mourns the loss of her child due to abortion. Please forgive her sins, restore her to your grace, and still the terror of her heart with a peace beyond all understanding. Please hear the cry of each woman who is a spiritual mother and was never able to conceive a child. Please open the eyes of her heart to help her see that she has been a mother to so many people. And please bless all those who are currently pregnant in this church. Please bless their pregnancy. Please guide them with your gentle touch, Lord Jesus. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, under the title of Our Lady of Sorrows, Mother of all tenderness in our mother, please strengthen every woman's faith in you. Give each grieving woman the hope to believe that her child is now living in heaven with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ask all these prayers through Christ our Lord, who conquered sin and death, and who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.